ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Well, there it is. Phoebe Litchfield at just 20 years of age in her eighth one-day international makes her maiden ODI century. What an outstanding knock. That's Australian Phoebe Litchfield scoring her first international 100 just a couple of months ago. That made her the youngest woman since Meg Lanning to score 100 for Australia in a team full of established stars. The 20-year-old seems like one of the obvious faces that might lead the next generation. As the national team prepares for a series of white ball fixtures with the West Indies, we're speaking to Litchfield about her success, dealing with expectation, and the changing face of cricket. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily. Phoebe Litchfield is a batter with the Australian women's cricket team. Phoebe, thanks so much for joining us. I want to start by talking about your breakthrough one-day international 100 against Ireland. Can you just take me back to that moment a little earlier this year and describe to me what that moment felt like? Yeah, thanks um, firstly for having me. But, yeah, I think it was sort of a reward after an end of a challenging Ashes series. Yeah, it was pretty light on with the runs personally, so was keen to sort of just get some, well, actually contribute to the side. Beautiful from Litchfield, well. As a batter, you sort of run runs as currency, so it was really nice to score some runs and then to, yeah, get the three figures was, it was, was pretty exciting and to do it with Annabelle Sullivan up the other end, it was, it was pretty cool. It's interesting you touch on having a bit of a lean run by your standards coming through the ashes and you're only you know a rel- relatively young person in terms of your career and you've had so much success was that was that a strange thing for you to go through uh, a lean trot and how did you deal with the challenge of of failure which is you know implicit for all cricketers yeah it's I think it's interesting I've definitely learned a lot over that series um you know dealing with failure and at the top of the order opening you you sort of fail more times than you succeed. Gone straight to Sophie Eccleston, and that is you, Lauren Bell. It's a beautiful delivery, slightly fuller in length, but bold with purpose. Slips are all right in that particular position to take that catch. You no, know, get a good one, or you just make the wrong decision, and um, with the new ball, you can't can't do that much. So, yeah, learned a lot in that way, but also tried to just look to the next innings. And Ireland was definitely a tour where I could just drop the pressures of the ashes and just play some cricket and go back to the basics sort of Pierce is the gap diving effort and that'll be a boundary again Litchfield strong through the offside over pitched and all Prendergast at extra cover can't quite get there yeah, it certainly seemed like a really intense environment over there, just from the comfort of my living room, watching the absolute furnace that you were involved in. How much did it teach you about your own game and cricket more broadly? Yeah, I think it the Ashes series as a whole was awesome for, for women's cricket and especially for our team. I think we've been challenged by England, but not to that extent. So I think it was awesome for us to go through that. And then personally, yeah, this is my first Ashes series. So hopefully it can be to that quality, you know, every year or every two years. Litchfield driving gloriously through the offside and for four. The dive from Emma Lamb at backward point was always likely to be in vain and the ball skews away quickly towards the Fox Road stand and she has looked entirely at home, Phoebe Litchfield. But, yeah, personally, I think I learnt just more about, you know, the mental side of it and, you know, everyone can hit a ball, but it's, you know, timing your innings, playing the situations and learning how to do that to the best of my ability pretty much. It must have been odd for you in some ways in the sense that you would have grown up watching players like, you know, Perry, Healy, etc. And then 
you're playing with them in an ashes in front of packed stadiums. At what point did it kind of become normal for you to be playing with absolute greats of women's cricket? Yeah, it's, I still sort of pinch myself rocking up to training today and, you know, Lisa Healy's there in the gym with me and yeah, it's pretty, pretty cool. I, you know, got to bat with Meg Lanning earlier in the summer and, you know, batting with Pez and Elisa, it's, it's pretty dream come true. I remember standing on the other side of the fence and getting Elisa's signature when I was a kid and, you know, I've still got that bat at home. So it's, it's pretty cool that I've been able to grow up in that era of, you know, looking up to those kind of players and now can, you know, run out on the park. Um, with them. It's pretty cool. Your career is really getting into gear at this point. And I just wanted to take you back where you kind of burst onto the scene. I think for the first time, you know, many cricket fans learned about you, certainly the way I did, was a viral video of you absolutely dominating in the nets for New South Wales. Can you remember when that clip went viral and what that whole experience was like to sort of see it on social media, you know, racking up views and people all sort of saying nice things about your batting? Yeah, I I kind of remember it. I remember it was one of my first sessions down in New South Wales because I was at school in Orange, so would only come down for the holidays and this guy with a camera was just videoing. I thought he was just videoing the whole session, like with all the girls. And then about a week later, my friend sends me this video on New South Wales Facebook or Instagram or something. And it's like, oh my God, like this is getting viral. And I was like, what? And I didn't even know that they were going to do it. So, yeah, it was quite funny. But, yeah, looking back on it, I, I was sort of just batting and, you know, the comments and all that. It was, it was pr- pretty pretty a whirlwind um, thing for a 16-year-old to go through, but it was, it, was, it was fun. Yeah, it's interesting you talk about the whirlwind nature of it because I feel like you're someone who, had, from a very young age, has kind of been in the cricket public's consciousness for a long time. I mean, have you felt a level of focus and expectation on how you're progressing and, and what's that like for you know a young person still sort of emerging in a professional capacity? Yeah, I've been asked this question a few times and it's I, I don't really know how to answer it. I definitely thought about it more when I you know, wasn't going well and thinking, you know, all this hype, is it actually real? What's been spoken about Litchfield and the talent that she is? She's picked for the future, only 20 years of age. I tell you what, her technique is very good. The timing off that bat raced away. She's a classic left-hander. I sort of was reading into it a bit much when I was younger and thinking, uh, you know, I should be the best player, you know, why am I scoring all these runs and all this stuff? But I just had to actually put it into perspective and I was still pretty young and still finding my feet in the professional program. So to be honest, whenever I got onto the field, it all just disappeared and I'd just see ball hit ball. So I didn't think too much about it. Left hand, a little mm. bit of whip. She's driven square, pass points. That's a quick looking outfield. The ball's raced away for four. First boundary of this women's Ashes series. And it goes to the young debutante, Litchfield. Yeah, it was definitely a, a little thought, but it wasn't a negative impact for my cricket, I don't think. And I sort of just tried to make the runs speak for themselves, I guess. From the outside, it certainly looks like you're certainly coping with any kind of focus coming your way. The world of cricket, it's changing so quickly at the moment. I mean, the growth of franchise cricket in particular, and it was really cool to see you doing so well in the 100, you know, nearly 280 runs across nine matches. How did you find that experience of playing franchise cricket with all different people from all around the world? Yeah, it was an awesome experience. I think it's the first time I've sort of been an international in a in a domestic side and there comes a lot of pressure with that. You're expected to perform. Lovely shot. Super shot. Wonderful awareness of where the fielders are or aren't in this case. Oh, what a talent Phoebe Litchfield is. But I enjoyed it so much. I think the, the 100 um, and, you yeah, know, there's always 
all these franchises popping up all over the world and it's it's a really enjoyable you know four weeks or however long it is and you meet new people you see new places and yeah it's definitely the the way of the future for, for women's cricket and um it's bringing in the best players in the world so it's yeah it's really exciting and hopefully the big bash can feed off that we're super excited for the Big Bash. We're also massively interested in the Women's Premier League. I know that you didn't get to play that last time around. Is that something that, that's a real focus for you in the next 12 months? Are you eager to get over there and play in that competition? Uh, yes and no. I think I wanted to have a pretty much a really good domestic season here and hopefully contribute to the Thunder as much as I can and also with the Australian team and try to push for places there. But I feel like any any of these franchise cricket contracts that I pick up, it's it's just a bonus at this at this stage and I'm not looking to – it's not the priority, but it's sort of an added bonus and I'd, I'd go over there for free. I'm not really worried about the money. I'm just – it's so cool to be travelling and playing cricket. That's a really interesting sort of perspective to take on it because, like, if you look at men's cricket right now, there's guys all over the globe who are essentially deciding that they're at the point of their career where – they want to focus on franchise cricket as opposed to international cricket. But for you yeah. at this point in time, you're still, you know, dialed in the, the Australian shirt is the sort of main goal for you. Oh, for sure. And I think it's a definitely a conversation for the future for a lot of women's players. Now that the yeah, the franchise cricket's getting so popular, you see some West Indian cricketers and, and South African cricketers retiring early, early and just playing franchise cricket. And it's sort of mirroring the, the men's game. But I think for most players, Especially for Australia, that's the pinnacle. From around the wicket against the left-hander, pitching it up on that's four. Wow, Phoebe Litchfield, just a flash of the blade, and the ball fizzing past points of the boundary. Playing for your for your country, so um, yeah, I can't see myself going anywhere soon. Could you see a time in your career though where that would be the priority, where that you sort of achieved what you want to do at international level, and the focus of what you want to do is very much franchise cricket. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't. I don't think so. I yeah, my perspective on this game is sort of yeah. I can't believe I'm be able to play cricket for a living. And if you get paid more in those franchise cricket things, I don't think that's gonna sort of pull me away from just playing for my country and the dream that I had as a child. So I think if that point comes around, I, I'm pretty sure I'll, I'll I'll stick with Australia. It's it's still pretty cool. The West Indies series gets underway this weekend. What's been the focus for the squad? for this series as you come off the back of that Ashes series and, and indeed the, the fixtures against Ireland? Yeah, I think we'll have a bit more of a chat when we get in on Thursday in camp, but I think it's just to have a really positive start to the summer and with the T20s up first, it's coming off the back of a few girls played WNCL, so um, switching back into that T20 format and playing as fearless and entertaining cricket as we can and um, hopefully we can get some good crowds out and entertain some fans. We're super excited for the return of cricket. Uh, it's going to be great to see you and the ladies getting back into the action. Phoebe Litchfield, thanks so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Patrick. Thanks, everyone. Headlines. Grand final weekend is looking like a scorcher in both codes. It's expected to reach 28 degrees at the MCG for the Pies v Lions. You wonder if pre-game act Kiss might have some makeup issues at that temperature. The warm conditions should suit the Queenslanders, but what about the heat in Sydney? Stadium Australia is set for temperatures in excess of 36 degrees. Look, it should cool down for the 7.30pm kickoff between Penrith and Brisbane, but it's going to be baking for the New South Wales Cup and NRLW deciders. Yikes. Okay, here's a thought exercise for you. Imagine you are Swans coach John Longmire. It's been a big season. You've seen Buddy Franklin retire. You've been on both ends of a goal review controversy. Your team went from a possible bottom four finish to making finals only to lose in a thriller to Carlton. It's been a lot. So off-season should be chill, right? 
Then your phone rings with the news. Club co-captain Callum Mills has injured his shoulder wrestling at Mad Monday. It's so bad, he might miss round one 2024. Can you imagine the scene? Sydney says the club and player are both disappointed. You would imagine so. Is this the NBA season? Ben Simmons gets his career back on track. Brooklyn coach Jacques Vaughan certainly thinks so. He was highly positive about the physical condition the Australian is in, having returned to the team for pre-season training camp. He is hoping Simmons can light it up for Brooklyn. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily, produced by Poppy Penny. Thanks to Fox Sports, cricket.com.au, The 100, and the New South Wales Breakers for the extra audio used in this episode. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.